everybody loves a good Christmas story. You know Dasher, and Dancer, and Prancer, and Vixen, Comet, and Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It will be an honor, sir. <laughs> with his coat and his hat, I'll look just like St. Nick. <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Since the United States government declares this man to be Santa Claus, this court will not dispute it. Case dismissed. <laughs> okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. What's your favorite Christmas story? There are so many great stories surrounding Christmas, right? How many of you have already seen at least one of those movies over the last week or so, right? Yep, they're on TV all the time right now. All of these great stories, and they fill so many of our traditions in our families. For example, my family has a tradition that's at the insistence of my wife, and sometimes our kids are not as excited about it. But every Christmas Eve today, when we finish these services, we'll go home, we'll all relax, we'll put our pajamas on, and we always watch Irving Berlin's White Christmas. That's the one that's our kind of Christmas Eve tradition. We do that every year together as a family. And all these stories are great stories. But Christmas is ultimately about another story. Christmas is about a story that was not created in Hollywood, but was actually experienced in history. There was a man whose name was John who witnessed this story, the story of Jesus being born into the world. And John is one who became one of the early followers of Jesus Christ. And John, as a follower of Jesus Christ and an eyewitness to his life, wrote a letter. And in this letter, there's a verse that is contained. And, and this verse that's contained inside of this little letter really summarizes the entire story of Christmas in one sentence. It's in 1 John chapter 4. Verse 9. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, we're going to show it to you on the screen. Here's what that verse of Scripture says. By this, the love of God 
was manifested in us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Everything that we are celebrating at Christmas is wrapped up in that one simple sentence. And I want to break that down for you into three foundational truths that hopefully will allow you to to build your celebration of Christmas around the real story. So here's the first foundational truth. God loves you. I want you to let that sink in for a minute. Right here, right now, God loves you. Our world is alive with incredible diversity. If you were to travel around the world and get off an airplane in different spots all over the globe, you would discover that from food to language to dress to customs, we live in a world that is as diverse as the colors of the rainbow. And yet in all of the diversity of the world, there is one thing that every human being on planet earth shares in common. Every person on earth wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. Sociologists and psychologists have studied this reality of our desire to be loved. There's one uh, man who has a PhD in the behavioral sciences, and he said this. He said the need to be loved could be considered one of our most basic and fundamental needs. Every one of us, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we'll acknowledge it or not, and especially us guys, sometimes we're too tough to say it, But every one of us at our core has a longing and a desire to be loved and to be accepted. You don't have to have a Ph.D. in behavioral science to know that. Just watch young high school students, right? Young high school students begin to desire the affection of somebody else. They want to be loved and they dress the way they dress. They talk the way they talk. They go the places they... Everything they do is so that they can gain the love and the acceptance of somebody else. But moms and dads, before we get too down on the kids, moms and dads aren't much better, right? Adults are just as bad. As a matter of fact, last year, adults in the United States spent $2.1 billion on the online dating industry. Think about that. $2.1 billion with a B. That's more than the gross domestic product of over 30 nations. That's a lot of money that we spent trying to find someone else who would love us. But you can stop the search. Because here's what Christmas tells us. God loves you. Maybe you've never heard that before. Maybe your idea of God is some big, 
Lord that's the boss over everything, that's controlling, that's dictatorial. Maybe you didn't have any idea that God loves you. But here's the reality, and what Christmas tells every one of us in this room, God loves you. I want to make sure you hear that, so I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to say, God loves you. Go ahead, do it right now. All right, I didn't ask you to have a conversation. I just said, tell them God loves them, all right? Now, I understand that, that some of you are sitting here and you're having a hard time accepting that. You're, you're looking at your life. You understand the decisions that you've made. And I want you to see what Herschel Hobbes said. Look at this statement. He said, the real essence of love is that God loves us. We are so unworthy, so contrary to everything that God is in His nature that we should not complain if He were utterly repulsed by what and who we are. Maybe that's where you're sitting. But God loves us. Not for what we are, but despite it. Here's what that means. Today, when I say to you that the Bible says and the message of Christmas says that God loves you, God does not love you because you're lovable. God doesn't love me because I'm lovable. God loves me because He chose to love me. And as you sit here in this room today, you need to understand something. The sovereign Lord God of the universe has chosen to love you. And the Bible says here in this verse that God's proven it. Did you see what it said in 1 John? It said, by this the love of God was manifested. Say that word, manifested. It's an interesting Greek word because it's a word that means to, to pull back the covers. It's a word that means to show openly or to make public. The Bible here says that God at His own initiative chose to show us just how much He loved us. One of the things I love about being a parent, I have four children. One of the things I love about being a parent is the privilege that we have to publicly let our kids know how much we love them. Isn't that awesome, moms and dads? I know your kids don't like it that much, right? Especially when they get to that preteen, teenage age. I mean, they really do not want any PDA, right? No public displays of affection. But as a parent, one of the God-given rights that you have is that at any moment, at any time, you can publicly let them know just how much you love them. One of the ways that I used to try to display this to my kids is most days mom takes them to school when they were young, but there were some days that I would get that opportunity to drive them to school, and when I'd pull up there, you know, you're in the line, and you're just waiting, everybody's in line, and all the kids are getting out, and they get out of the car, and as they're about five feet away from the car, you roll the window down, hey, <laughs> I love you, and they're usually like this. But you see, I wanted not only them, I wanted everybody around them to know that I love them. That's the word manifested. By this, God rolled down the window and He shouted to the world, Hey, I love you. How did he do that? Well, look what it says. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into 
the world. What we're celebrating at Christmas is the birth of Jesus Christ. And here's what the Bible says the birth of Jesus Christ was. It was God opening up the windows of heaven and shouting to you, Hey, I love you. So that leads me to the second foundational truth for this Christmas. God sent His Son on a mission to reveal His love for you. You see, the reason Jesus came is to show you and I just how much God loves us. We all know the custom in our culture around Christmas of exchanging gifts, right? How many of you have already exchanged some gifts, right? Some of you have already done it at work, at school. You're going to be doing it tonight, tomorrow. That's a big deal in the American culture, the exchanging of gifts. Here's what I've learned in the exchanging of gifts. See if you can relate to this. The value you place on the relationship determines the significance of the gift. Here's what I mean by that. If the gift that you received can be found in those little carts right there as you're checking out at Walmart. You know those racks right there that are just, oh, just in case you forgot, here's some junk. You know those racks. If the gift that you open up in the morning comes from one of those racks, if, if you open up a gift and you find a stapler, right? The value of the gift speaks to the significance of the relationship. God sent His only begotten Son. Let that sink in. When God wanted to say to you, when God wanted to say to me, this is how much I love you. He didn't send an angel. He didn't select some man. He chose His eternal, infinite, divine, one and only, nobody else like Him, Son, Jesus. There is no greater statement that could have been made about the infinite nature of the love of God for you than the one that He demonstrated. He gave His only Son. But we not only see God's love in, in what or who He gave, who He sent, we see His love in what He sent Him to do. God sent His Son. The word sent in that verse is a significant word because it literally means to send forth on a mission. Jesus came into the world. What we're celebrating is God sending His Son into the world on a mission to reveal His love. And, and this is awesome. We don't have enough time to really unpack this, but that word sent is in a powerful Greek tense in the, in the original language. It's in what's called the perfect tense, and that's important because the perfect tense implies 
action that has been completed in the past, it's done, it happened, but it has ongoing infinite results into eternity. Here's what the Bible says happened. God so loved you, God so loved me that he sent his only begotten son into the world to accomplish a mission in time that would affect us for all eternity. Well, what is that mission? We'll look at it in verse 10. And this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. Wow there, right? I didn't love Him, He loved me. And sent His Son to be the, say that next word out loud if you can pronounce it, propitiation for our sins. There's the mission. What is propitiation? Well, to be as brief as I can, it means to turn away the wrath of God by the means of an offering. Here's the story of the Bible. God loves us. God made us to know Him. God made us as human beings to live our lives in fellowship with Him. But here's what the Bible says we did. As human beings, we rejected God's love. We rejected a relationship with God. We rejected God's laws. We rejected God's boundaries. We stepped over the boundaries that God established for us and we sinned against God. And when we sinned against God, we earned something. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, for the wages of sin is, say it out loud, death. Because we sinned against God, we earned death, meaning that we lost the ability to have a relationship with God. Because of my sin, I earned a debt that I could not pay. I owed something to God that I could not satisfy. And I earned the, 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 the lostness of not knowing God and not having a relationship with God, which would lead to an eternity separated from God. But you know what Christmas is? Christmas is God saying, even though you rejected me, even though you stepped over my boundaries, even though you ignored my laws, I love you anyway. So much so that I'm sending my son. And my son is going to come into the world and he is going to pay the debt that you owe on your behalf. Christ came into the world. Christ took on humanity. Christ, Jesus, lived a sinless life. He did what you and I couldn't do, qualify ourselves before the law of God. He perfectly fulfilled God's law. And then Jesus offered his body on a sacrifice for, on, on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. Why did he do that? Propitiation. You see, he was turning away the wrath of God with an offering. You see, God is holy, and because of His holiness, our sin, did, our sin deserved God pouring out His wrath on us for all eternity. But God loved us so much. But because He was holy, He couldn't just overlook it. So here's what God in His grace did. He sent His Son as a substitute. And Jesus came into this world, and on the cross, He offered His sinless, eternal, infinite body as an offering to God. For our sin. And he did not stay dead. He rose again as a testimony that God had accepted his sacrifice for our sin. I love the way John Stott writes about it. Look what it says. 
He said, for the essence of sin is man substituting himself for God, while the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for man. Man asserts himself against God and puts himself where only God deserves to be. But God sacrifices himself for man and puts himself where only man deserves to be. That's the message of Christmas. God sent his son into the world on a mission to show you and I how much he loves us. So then here's the last truth. When you receive his love through his son, you experience eternal life. You see, that which I earned because of my sin, death, now I get what I didn't earn, life. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 9, By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God sent His Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. The word live is, again, an interesting Greek word. There are two Greek words that we translate with the word live. One of them is one that you may know. It's the word bios. It's where we get the life science biology from that word. It means existence, to exist. Every human being on planet earth has bios. We are existing. But that's not the word he used here. This is the word zao. It means to experience life. To live. You see, the reality is you and I will never know real life apart from a relationship with God. Oh, we can exist, but we'll never know life. They'll always be searching. We'll always be looking for the answer because the answer is not found in existence. The answer is found in life, and life is only found in Jesus. And the Bible says when you and I, through Christ, receive His salvation, we get life, which means we get a relationship with God now that secures our eternity forever in heaven with Him. You say, well, how do I get in on that? Well, at the end of this letter, John writes one more sentence. Here's what he says in 1 John 5, 13. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you see it? I'm writing to you who believe how do you get in on this salvation that God's offered the way is faith you say wait a minute that that seems too easy listen it's easy for you and me because somebody else has already paid the price the sacrifice has already been made so now we are to believe what does it mean to believe does it just mean to acknowledge some facts in your head no to believe means to surrender your life to someone it's like this stool here. If I put this stool here and say, I believe that stool is going to hold me up. That's one thing. That's intellectual faith. Here's biblical faith. You see, now I just surrendered myself to this stool. If it doesn't hold me up, I'm going down. The story of Christmas is that you and I sinned against God. But God loved us anyway. And He proved it. He sent the most valuable, the most unique thing that He could send. 
to demonstrate the significance of the relationship into this world, his only begotten son. And he sent him on a mission to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin on a cross. He rose again from the dead, and now he says, if you'll just believe, if you'll just entrust your life, if you will turn from your sin and just trust Christ, here's what you get in exchange. life now the fulfillment and the joy and the peace of knowing God now and life in eternity with him and with all of those that know him eternal life so the story of Christmas we're going to give it to you on a card as you leave God loves you so he sent his son on a mission to reveal his love for you And when you receive his love through his son, you experience eternal life. So here's the question of the day. Have you ever received the son?